Hello and welcome to another episode of Getting Ahead at Work Life, where we help you improve the quality of life at your workplace. My name is Steve Page. Just as a reminder, we are trying to record three types of episodes, a weekly core topic episode, and then sprinklings of an interview episode and a question and answer episode as we get feedback from you, the listener. So please feel free to give your input. Hello, guys. This is Steve Page here with the Getting Ahead at Work Life podcast. I wasn't going to do this, but then I decided it would probably be a good idea, and that is to record an episode from a blog post I wrote on Medium.com. Uh, the blog post is called How I Survived a Life-Sucking, Life-Sucking Job, and it's fairly long, about a 20-plus minute read, and it describes what happened to me during the course of a year on my last crappy job, which is the whole catalyst for this podcast show. So I thought it would be a good idea to record it in case anyone wants to listen to it instead of reading it, maybe on their commute to or from work or something like that. So here it goes. How I survived a life-sucking job and how to still get ahead even though you're getting ready to get fired. What I thought was going to be one of the best jobs in the world turned out to be one of the worst. During that year, I would go on to lose 20 pounds, become depressed, stressed, and have a lot of anxiety. I let a coworker and the job really get to me, but I did learn along the way and find ways to deal with the situation. They say you need to change your email signature and take the senior part off. We don't do titles like that here. Uh, okay. Who told you to tell me that? Crickets. That's how things started with my new coworker and my new job, almost 5,000 miles away in a new country. I was hired for a new position as a senior database administrator. But this guy was telling me not to put the senior part in my email signature. When I asked my supervisor about it, he said, you put what you were hired as, so keep the senior part. I later asked my coworker, an American, who told him, I asked him who told him to tell me that, but he never responded to my email. Into the lion's den. The coworker in question had been on the job for several years and had built up the database environment himself before I came on the scene. I was hired as an additional database administrator because of an increase in projects and general workload. I get it. You put everything together yourself and you've been working alone. But guess what? Things change and management has determined that they need more people. Apparently this guy had some issues in the past because management told me soon after I had been there, after our first argument, that they had been afraid this would happen with whomever they hired. They were afraid he wouldn't be able to work with someone. Um, say what? You knew this was an issue before? Okay. Let's see. Our first conflict came after just two weeks of me being on the job. Uh, my coworker hadn't spoken to me at all since the first day, then got mad at me because I hadn't done something he thought he had told me to be doing. Really? You don't even check in with me every day, every couple of days at least, and you don't explain anything about the environment to me that I might need to know. Uh, a few days after that, we had an argument over a small incident insignificant mistake I had made on an Excel spreadsheet. It wasn't even anything to do with database work. He got all excited and talked down to me like I was a child in front of the other three co-workers who also reside in the same room we were in. They were looking at him like, what is wrong with this guy? From these initial incidents, I learned that my new co-worker liked to keep to himself, was very anal, OCD, and had very little patience when working with others. If you didn't do something the way he would have done it, you were wrong and stupid. I thought to myself that he was going to be difficult to deal with, but at the same time, I get along with everyone and he probably just needs some time getting used to working with somebody. I will later see the failure of this viewpoint. 
After these incidents occurred, I talked to my immediate supervisor about them. He was very understanding and knew the issue was with my coworker. So he set up a meeting with two higher up managers and we all sat down minus the coworker and they apologized for the situation and said they would sit the coworker down and counsel him. But despite the managers counseling my coworker several times, we went on to have many more confrontations and conflicts. Things got to the point where within two to three months, he completely did not talk to me and would not share information he had that was useful and pertinent to me also. Actually, it was critical. If he needed to tell me something, he would email me. Our desks were right next to each other, but that was fine with me because it seemed like every time we talked, it was an argument because he was always getting on me about something he didn't, he hadn't told me about before or just criticizing me in general. So I didn't feel like talking to him either. At least there would be a pre- a paper trail if he tried to say one thing to me and then something different to our supervisor, which he later began to do. He basically began to discredit me to anyone who would listen and would stab me in the back by telling management that I didn't know anything about database administration and would try to blame things on me. By this point, my immediate supervisor had us working on separate tasks to keep the peace. Unfortunately, I was doing more documentation and my coworker was doing most of the fun and challenging database server work so I didn't get much of an opportunity to prove myself. And no matter how busy he was, he would try to do and control everything so it would look like I wasn't doing as much. I became so disheartened. How do you compete or deal with somebody like this? I have a family depending on me for this job. He's single, so he has no problem working late and staying nights to do maintenance work. I couldn't even if I tried because he convinced management that he would deal with certain things himself. That cut me off from contributing in those areas. I turned to my supervisor again, but he just kept throwing me into the fire by telling me to keep asking my coworker for the information I needed. But when I did, he would just give me a useless one-word answer. Or he would throw in my face, you're a senior DBA, do what you think is best. For whatever reason, he did not have that title, so I knew he was jealous of that. And on multiple occasions, he openly complained about not being compensated enough for what he was doing. He took these issues he had with management out on me. And even though I was talking back to him and setting him straight, because I wasn't going to let him talk to me in an overly harsh way, it was still nerve-wracking to me. Here I was, new to the position. He had been there for a few years already. I'm thinking if it comes down to it and we can't get along, they might just get rid of me. And that meant I would have to go back to the States, possibly at my own cost, since the company had paid to ship me and my family and all of our belongings here. As time went on, the upper management just became tired of the situation and me always running to them when something happened. So I quickly picked up on that and, and so stopped going to them anymore. I basically just emailed my supervisor when something happened between me and my coworker, so he at least had my side of the story. I was looking at other possible jobs, but I couldn't apply to them yet until I had been on the job a year. Otherwise, I would have to pay back the money my company paid to ship me over, potentially tens of thousands of dollars. There's got to be a better way. So I was having panic attacks and nervous breakdowns because I didn't think I could last a year, let alone another six months. It was so stifling that I actually began to make simple mistakes at work. And that really did a number on me as far as causing self-doubt. And I couldn't concentrate on getting things done at home and with my family. So my relationship with my wife suffered because we just weren't as close. All I could think about was work, how much I hated it, and how much I dreaded having to go in the next day. 
If it was the weekend, I couldn't even enjoy it because all I could think about was having to go back on Monday morning. Did I say I was miserable? Eventually, I started doing some research about negativity in the workplace and dealing with difficult coworkers. But I also just thought about things and how I could make myself look better on the job and in my situation. And that way, I might be able to survive long enough to be able to get out. Or who knows, maybe he will leave. He openly talked about taking jobs in other locations all the time. So I went about making sure I did a thorough job on the main project I was working on. And then I made sure to make others aware of what I was doing and how well I was doing it. One of the really good things I was doing also was documentation. So I was writing up a bunch of stuff I had to do that had just been in my coworker's head. He was too busy to write them down. And anytime I overheard him talking about something important, I would write it down, follow up on it with other people, and then type it up. There were many things that I was able to find out about by reaching out to others in our shop and spending time with them. Let me gain the environmental knowledge I needed since my coworker didn't want to tell me anything. I also did what I could to help the people I was spending time with and learning from. This helped me tremendously by giving me confidence now that I had some of the same knowledge my coworker did. I was not flying blind anymore and I was building relationships with other people. So they own impression of me and realized I was knowledgeable and a nice guy and a hard worker. And this circumvented the character assassination my coworker was trying to do. These efforts and some other things I did helped quite a bit. I uh, started having some not so bad days, time was passing, and I was surviving. But then a new program manager came along. This is the person that is in control of the entire contract. As soon as this new PM came in, my coworker set about buttering her up. It was so obvious, but he had no scruples. He didn't care. I realized he really wanted me out of there. Oh, by the way, I learned there were a few others before me, and I learned that he used the same basic excuse for them as well, saying they didn't know what they were doing. So now that he was rubbing up against this new PM, I started to get anxious and depressed some more. I knew it was only a matter of time before he would all out complain about me to her. So I started documenting some more stuff about my issues with my coworker, assuming that she would want to talk to me about it one day soon. And my supervisor was expecting this as well, that she would talk to him first and he could kind of set the tone and let her know what had been going on in the past. But that never happened. My research also brought me to some things I could do to lessen my anxiety and stress levels. I started using some meditation apps on my iPhone. I started doing a little yoga. I tried to do some exercise, seven-minute workout, and I just prayed about things, not just for what I was going through, but for, but for other issues and other people's well-being also. Even though I didn't spend a ton of time with these activities, they helped a lot. They helped me to temporarily get out of the dark murkiness of my work situation enough so that I could relax and refocus on what I needed to do to get myself out of the negative situation. It helped me to keep in mind that one day this would all be over one way or another. Obviously, I was focusing on making things work out the way I needed them to. A breath of fresh air. So more time went on, and luckily for me now, I was at about the 10th month of my contract. So I started looking at jobs again. I found a job on a company's career website and applied to it. I waited for a few days and then heard back pretty quickly. They wanted to interview with me. Luckily, the position was at the same location as where I was currently working, just at a different building though. So that meant I would be able to meet the people face to face because at this point I was going to be very skeptical 
skeptical of the people for any new job. Also, it would mean if I got the job, nothing would change for me as far as having to move to a new location or something like that. But anyway, this gave me a lot of hope, obviously. And it was a really great sounding position. It would allow me to get out of doing just database administration and get into other things in addition to database development. Also, I was hoping that I would be able to hand in my two weeks notice so that my last day would fall on the day of me being here for a full year. That would be the earliest I could get out of this life-sucking job. So I met with the two people for the interview at the local coffee shop. And they were very cool, and the job sounded even better after talking to them. The meeting went longer than expected. That was great. The next step was to wait for them to get back to me, which they did the next day. So they wanted to move forward. Amazing. So the next step was to speak with the program manager for this new contract. I received this call later that day, I believe, and I spoke to him further about the position in the contract. Everything sounded good. Then he tells me I should take a day or two to sleep on it. What? Are you kidding me? I wanted the job. I want to get out of hell, please. I didn't say all that. He just wanted me to take the time to think about it and make sure I was making the right decision. I told him I would get back to him the next day with my decision. So, of course, I called him back early the next day and let him know that, yes, I want the position. Great. So the next step was to start providing them with all of my information. It's not over yet. I still had to get approved for certain things. I was still looking at about another month to get final approval. Talk about being on pins and needles. And even if I got the job, it looked like my start date could get pushed back. And I would have to suffer a little more before getting out. Yeah, it was like prison. I had the opportunity to escape within my reach. However, if things didn't go through, I was back at the drawing board, so I still applied to other jobs just in case. I was in the home stretch with the new job. There had been a snag that caused a week delay, but now I was waiting out, waiting on the final word. So unbeknownst to me, my coworker was working his ugly black magic with the new PM. Indeed, he had been complaining about me. Out of the blue, one of the upper managers called me down to his office. After arriving, He tells me that he just wants to let me know that I'm going to be getting a phone call from HR about my job performance. Wait, what? My job performance? There have been no issues with my job performance. No one has talked to me about any problems or deficiencies. Where is this coming from? He had no answers. Just said, wait for the call. I was leaving early that day, so they would have to call me the next day. Great. I went back to my office in complete fear mode. What the hell? And did I mention this was happening while my immediate supervisor was out on vacation? The one guy that knows the most about my coworker and all of what has been going on. Why was this conveniently happening now? Even though my supervisor was on vacation, I decided to give him a call about what was going on. He had been real helpful during the year with dealing with my coworker. He proved to be a great help with this issue as well. He actually helped me draft up some talking points and review them with me in anticipation of the HR call. He also said he was going to address management for jumping over him with getting HR involved. Well, I didn't get the call the next day. I did get an email asking when would be a good time to call, but I was just thinking. I wish the new job would get back to me and say I was approved so I can just get out of this place. So now it was Friday and I had to wait till later in the day to talk to them because of the time difference. Finally, I went home and then just called HR from home myself. When I got through to the HR person, she first asked, do you report to upper manager 
Um, no, I don't. I don't even see him on a regular basis. I report to my immediate supervisor, who happens to be on vacation right now. And I know he would have been here for this if he knew it was happening. But obviously, management has jumped over him. The HR woman was very surprised by this. But she continued with the call and let me know that the reason for the call was that management wanted to put me on a PIP, performance improvement plan, due to my work performance. I said, what? What do you mean? I've never been talked to before about any problems with my job performance. You're supposed to have previously been given a written warning twice before having to do a PIP. In fact, I had gotten several kudos emailed to me, which I shared with my supervisor. What exactly was wrong with my work performance? Again, she was surprised by this. She couldn't give me a reason. It's like she was being told to do something and didn't even know why. So she said she would discuss it with management and follow up with me in an email. Uh, so later that day, I got an email from her saying she talked to management about it and that they would discuss it amongst themselves and get back to me. To me, this sounded like she talked to them and they realized they couldn't just jump straight, over, straight to a pip, especially without prior written issues and without my immediate supervisor. So I was going to have to wait through the weekend to find out what they wanted to do with me. I, surmi I surmised that my coworker had complained to the new PM and she was willing to just blindly go ahead with this suggestion of starting the process of getting rid of me without even hearing my side of things. I had no doubt in my mind that even if I was put on a pip, I would still be let go for unsatisfactory job performance no matter how well I did. And I would probably be given only 30 days to improve. The pip would just be used for the beginning of a termination process. So my stomach was in knots, worried that they might let me go before I could secure another job, especially because my family was depending on me and my daughter's education was dependent on me having this job because they were paying for her school. Would this ever end? Eventually, Monday morning rolled around. I wondered what they would tell me that day. Apparently nothing. A nervous wreck. Nobody ever said anything to me. This day marked the one-year point of my job. I had hoped I would have been able to hand in my notice two weeks ago. I hadn't heard anything about the potential new job yet. This really sucked. I had to roll home with the biggest pit ever in my stomach. Did I mention I wasn't eating these days? So when I got home, I opened up the old laptop to do some more job hunting and see if the pending job contacted me about something else they needed. Holy crap. I had an email from the new job saying I was accepted. Everything was complete and I could hand in my two weeks notice. But what do I do about the situation at work? I wanted to hear what they had to say about my work performance and see if they would go through with the PIP. But then I thought, why? If they were willing to try something like this, why stick around any longer to see what else they would do? Obviously, the new PM had been corrupted within a couple months. Plus, she cursed like a sailor. Very unprofessional. Jailbreak. So I made my decision. I would hand in my two weeks notice the next day. I called my supervisor again to give him the courtesy of letting him know my uh, decision now instead of three days after the fact when he came back off vacation. And again, my supervisor was very helpful, helping me craft a resignation letter that was professional yet explanatory of my reasons. One, I was leaving due to a negative working relationship with my coworker, and two, I was leaving due to the unsubstantiated initiation of a PIP. I wanted this in my HR record and for management to possibly be held responsible for it, although I didn't really think anything would come of it. I felt so relieved after making my decision, and so was my family, even though I'm still not sure if they fully realized the toll this job had taken on me, as I am the type to internalize things and not show any pain.
As soon as I got into work the next morning, I emailed my supervisor and management my two weeks notice. Then happily went about my daily tasks. I heard nothing the rest of the day. The next day, Wednesday, I came in and again went about my daily tasks for a couple of hours. Then at some point, I got an access denied error message while trying to log into a server I had to check. That's strange. I was just logged into a different one a minute ago. I tried another one. Denied. Alrighty then. So I called up the group that manages server accounts and asked them if anything was going on or were there any server problems. They notified me that my server accounts had been disabled and the note said for further information I would have to contact management. Wow. Ain't that some sheesh. Usually when people hand in their notice, they still keep working with their accounts up until the day they leave. But apparently these Neanderthals decided they didn't want me doing any more work for the next two weeks. My fear previously was that they would try to work me to death before I left. My coworker heard me on the phone uh, with them. So after I got off, he said that, yeah, they were turning off my accounts. But if I needed anything, he could get me in. What would I need? I said, what about doing my daily checks and tasks? He said, oh, don't worry about doing that anymore. He would take care of it. Really? So they're just going to let me sit here for the next two weeks doing nothing? Sweet. I have no problem with that. Of course, when my supervisor got back from vacation, he told me I should just work on leisurely finishing up some documentation. He was always looking out for what could be done. Then about 15 minutes later, I got a phone call from the mid-level managers of the group that handles the server accounts. They asked if I had a moment to come over and talk to them. I said, uh, yeah, okay. Oh, crap. Were they going to take my ID badge and kick me out? I didn't know what to think except the worst. So I went over to another building on campus to their office. When I got there, it was my supervisor and the two mid-level managers. They proceeded to tell me that they were sorry for what happened with my accounts being shut off so quickly and hastily. It was not their idea. Upper management made them do it. They said they were sorry and hoped there were no bad feelings for me and they would have handled it differently. Wait, what? Wow, I wasn't expecting this. They were apologizing and told me that they understood my difficult situation with my coworker and still regarded me as a good employee. They didn't agree with what management had done. And then my supervisor chimed in and said that he had told them I posed no possible malicious intent, so there was no reason to cut off my accounts. But he said they didn't want to listen. I think that was their way of getting back at me for calling them out on the pip to HR. But I don't understand how they thought that would hurt me in any way. Oh well. This was great news, though. I felt somewhat vindicated. As word spread of my leaving, people came out of the woodwork asking me about available jobs, where I was going, and also telling me their similar issues with coworkers or their supervisors and or their management. It has continued to this day, and I have been gone for over nine months. Many people have left since then. I think I was a catalyst for people to finally stand up and decide they were not going to sustain being in a very toxic environment anymore. I talked to a lot of people about what they should do, where they could go for resources, jobs, etc., and just letting them know they could leave, or at least demand more respect. There were other opportunities available, but things have just continued to get worse. Before I left, I did contact the company's ethics department and reported what had happened to me and that there was absolutely no evidence or information supporting what management wanted to do with me with the PIP and that I was a victim of a known negative co-worker issue. 
I told them there were others having similar issues, and they told me to feel free to direct others having problems to their department, and I did. Whether anything had whether anything has been done about these issues, I have no idea. I wouldn't hold my breath. But at least they can speak up for themselves like I did, and hopefully a lot sooner than I did. And so now you know that this is why I started this podcast. I want to help other people going through similar situations. I want to help suggest strategies, tactics, and various resources one could use to alleviate or get out of a toxic environment. And I would like to do it together with input from the listeners, you guys. Don't settle. Take care. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode of Getting Ahead at Work Life. Please like and subscribe to the podcast on Spreaker.com, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and wherever else you enjoy listening to podcasts. We would love to hear feedback from you. So if you would like to submit questions, comments, or if you'd like to be interviewed for the podcast, please do so at info at gettingaheadatworklife.com. Or you can also come on over to our Facebook group to continue the conversation. And just remember, your job shouldn't feel like a life sentence. You have the ability to choose something better.